Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Where I taught y'all how to make it rain. Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, guys, here we go on a Monday. It is now January the 6th, 2020, and uh, Wild Card Weekend is in the books. Now we get to set our sights on some divisional matchups uh, coming up our way. We also have a bowl game uh, somewhere mixed in there, I think. Uh, one tonight and, of course, one uh, a week from tonight. Still got to get to that uh, national championship. We've got more uh, coaching uh, change drama going on. Who, what, where, and how. Who's interviewing, who's not. All of that good stuff, of course. But uh, this weekend was all about the NFL and the wild card. And they call it wild Uh, For a reason here, guys, and the opportunities uh, to profit this weekend were galore, especially if you didn't mind going uh, contrarian yesterday because uh, the upset of all upsets uh, took place early Sunday afternoon. And it uh, featured a guy that I well, I guess he likes it throws passes caught for the win. And the Vikings are moving on. Yeah, and uh, almost uh, nobody uh, gave them uh, a chance to win this uh, game there yesterday, uh, much less cover, much less win. Uh, It was uh, quite the shocker to start a Sunday off as Kurt Cousins quietly uh, goes into a very hostile environment there in New Orleans and takes down Drew Brees and company. Uh, Defense shows up. Zimmer shows up. Everything we were told this team couldn't do. Yep, they went out and did, and they did it damn well, too, against a a New Orleans team that just, every time they turned around, they had no answer for the running game. They had no answer uh, for the wide receivers. They had absolutely, uh, really, they could not get anything going against that defense. And anytime you can rush four and get the Drew Brees uh, and cause all sorts of havoc, that's uh, that's going to be a problem. So there is disappointments once again in the Bayou, uh, but they should be used to this by now because this is now the third playoffs where they've uh, they've lost by at least one score. They've lost by a score. They lost back to back now in overtime, uh, two times in last play of the game. They uh, they've become really good at letting their fans down in the playoffs because uh, they can't get the job done. We kept hearing about how Kurt Cousins couldn't get the job done. Yeah, no. Uh, You need to start looking at the Saints and realize uh, if it ain't the refs, it's this, it's that. Listen, guys, you just ain't getting the job done. Do you have the better team? Sure. Were you the better team yesterday? Absolutely not. They haven't been the better team in the playoffs in a while. And yet the markets continue to give them a little bit more credit than they deserve, Dane, which is why pretty profitable fading the New Orleans Saints in the playoffs. Yeah, it was. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Degenerates here on Make It Rain. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. You know, I think it's interesting. And, you know, Kirk Cousins with the you like that and the uh, post game, you know, in the locker room, that was that was nice. 
You know, that was good for him to kind of get that monkey off his chest because there has been that narrative following him. And he played well. I got to tell you, though, Joe, for me, the biggest thing was having Dalvin Cook there. Okay, and the kind of what they were able to do in the run game. He goes 28 carries for 94 yards, gets into the end zone twice. And you contrast that with the idea that the Saints were not able to run the ball at all. Kamara, 7 for 21, you know, not getting the yards. And I really do believe that even in this day and age of passing offenses and the spread and everyone likes it as sexy, the threat of the run game is so important for what the defenses have to do and respect. It opens everything up. We see Lamar Jackson throwing a wide open wide receivers, you know. We saw what Kirk Cousins was not able to do without Dalvin Cook in a Monday night game against the Green Bay Packers, and we started lauding Preston and Zadarius Smith. Kirk Cousins did his thing. Adam Thielen, with a return, playing well. But I really still believe, like with most teams, the linchpin is the ability to run the ball, and Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison were able to help that as well. This gives that team balance, and you got to think, if they could bring this, they may even have a puncher's chance out in the Bay next weekend. Yeah, and uh, defense wins championship, guys. It certainly wins in January. And uh, for as sexy as it is to drop 50 points on a team, the truth is, I don't know how many times we got to be reminded of this, uh, defense is what brings it. Because you can have, you know, you can have uh, all the running that you want. Bottom line is all four games are within one score. But all four games went under the total. And you had two games go to overtime. And it's simply because the defenses dominate they dominate it's not you're not playing cincinnati you're not playing the dolphins you're not playing the giants when you get to the playoff football in january defense is what is going to get you to a super bowl game and without it you know without that front being able to get to uh without getting be able to get into the face with only not even having to blitz but uh, simply just Four guys being able to get to Drew Brees caused all sorts of havoc. Uh, Kamara could not get anything done. It just everything that these teams that won this weekend, you can always look back and there were some great individual performances, of course, but it's the defense of those winning teams that kept them in it and gave them the opportunity to be able to uh, to be victorious. And kudos to Zimmer. That defense of his, uh, missing a couple of uh, guys in the secondary, didn't, it didn't much matter. Those guys came out to play. They had a plan. They executed it. And once again, Drew Brees and Sean Payton, yeah, you're more than a touchdown favorite. And again, you end up finding a way to lose a game that you probably should have won nine times out of ten. But when it matters most, when, when are we going to start looking at this team and go, they're just they're habitually letting letting their fans and letting themselves down because they can't get it done on the big stage. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's now three years in a row where they suffer a, um, a walk off loss, you know, um, which is crazy. Two of them to the Minnesota Vikings, yep. you know, and, and Drew Brees isn't getting any younger and all that nope. stuff as well. I got to ask you this, though. What do they do? And me and Cam and Scott Wetzel were talking about this. What do they do with their quarterback room next year, Joe, the Saints? I mean, because, you know, Drew Brees is fine, but Taysom Hill is kind of a revelation, Joe. Taysom Hill can kind of do anything, but 
how do you treat it? If you bring Teddy Bridgewater back, then what role does Hill have? If Hill is actually your quarterback, then you ain't paying Teddy Bridgewater. They got to figure out. It's all going to depend on what Drew Brees decides to do. They'll, they're still attached to Drew, unlike New England with Tom Brady, who I think is done. But we'll talk more about that next on The Grid. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. All right, here we go. Wild card weekend in the books here. And, of course, uh, drama surrounding the NFL. It's always, uh, it's always fun as we come walking away with a couple of underdogs, a couple of number six seeds uh, advancing here in the playoffs. And we have an actual opportunity for the first time, uh, I think, ever, where we might actually have a uh, number five, six matchup here in a divisional title game, which is kind of crazy to think. But... Uh, that's the reality of the situation here. Anybody can win. And it was a uh, very good reminder yesterday uh, to folks to remember that. And we tried explaining this uh, all week long. Whatever it is that you watched for 17 weeks, it's great. But quite honestly, it means absolutely nothing going into wild card weekend where uh, defenses usually win the battle, lower scoring games, a lot tighter games, and without really any of those super teams uh, in Wild Card Weekend, uh, you were every every one of those games outside of the uh, outside of the New Orleans Minnesota game was all within a, a score. I mean, uh, all of them, all four games within one score. All four games also, um, you know, anywhere from a pick'em to as high as, well, at least during the week eight, but uh, we also told you yesterday on uh, Pro Football Today that uh, there was a boatload of money that came in on Minnesota just before kickoff here, and which pushed that line down to just a touchdown in a lot of different places. Uh, So there was, all of those games were going to be, were expected to be close. Not so much what you've got coming up this week, certainly in the AFC, and we'll give you the the look-ahead lines here. But we've also got to stop this thing in the NFL. And as fans, guys, we got to stop looking for reasons to point the fingers at the refs. I mean, we get it. They they make mistakes. We get it. You know, I understand what's going on. Uh, but, you know, some are, are more egregious than others. But we got to stop watching 60 minutes of football and think that everything comes down to one flag that may or may not have, uh, you know, influenced the uh, the game because there's so much going on to a game that there's a million things you can point to as to why a team will win or lose. But we got to stop taking the low-hanging fruit here and acting as if uh, somehow or another uh, Kyle Rudolph pushing off in the end zone when he was being hand-checked the entire time is somehow the reason why they lost. And that's not the reason. The reason is you had P.J. Williams on the field. That was your cornerback. 
Um, and he's five foot eight going up against a six foot four Kyle Rudolph. I, you know, there's a million different things you can point to in that game. Uh, by the time you end up getting to that play and, and the possible push off, if you are begging for replay to change something, then you've probably already lost the game, Dane. Yeah. I mean, I think that's absolutely true. Remember, at this point, about exactly a year ago, Joe, when we started doing Make It Rain, and this happened in the NFC Championship, my original take at that point in time was we shouldn't have this be replayable because this will open up Pandora's box. And I said it then, like, you'll you'll be able to find something on every play. We, I said, there's holding on every play. This will be such a subjective thing that it would be a problem. I said it then, I'll say it again now, right? Because it becomes subjective. And then this happened all season long with DPI and even trying to replay things to generate offensive pass interference. It was a very slippery slope, and it'll only open the door for exactly this. Fan bases, coaching staffs, players to be able to bitch because it is subjective. This was the exact Pandora's box I was worried about opening 12 months ago. All right. Yeah. The funny part to me, Joe, is that Sean Payton could bitch about something else if he wanted to. The idea now, you know, we've talked a lot of times about how in overtime should be both teams get the ball. And I think that is going to be kind of a narrative. Remember when Brett Favre in overtime of an NFC championship game and they only kicked the field goal and then there was the rule, oh, if they kick the field goal, the other team gets the ball back. Now in last year's NFC championship game, there was the pass interference and the NFL evolves to add something. I truly wonder, because it was a guy like Drew Brees who's left on the sideline, I wonder if this is a new horizon, Joe, of things to worry about the refs and worry about the rules instead of the play on the field, the idea that both teams need to possess the ball in overtime. It's always something, but to me, Joe, this is the NFL being reactionary and creating more opportunities for people to bitch and moan as opposed to worrying about just the play on the field. Well, it's just, it's become too easy is, is the yeah. problem. And, you know, listen, the, the overtime rules are the overtime rules, and you know, hell, we've had a couple of ties over the last couple of years. So it, well, the reality they have changed is, the overtime rules though play, because of things yeah. that happened in the playoffs. Yeah, and it, but you know what? I I don't mind it. I I don't mind it because nobody wants to lose because a guy hits a 52-yard field goal and you never had a chance to get the ball. I get it, but okay. you still got to play defense in the NFL. You you know, keep them out of the damn end zone, and you give your offense a, a shot at actually winning the game. So I got no problem with that. But this, every time a flag is thrown or not thrown, instead of looking at it and going, Drew Brees sucked. Sean Payton at the end of that game sucked. The play calling was terrible in that in parts of that game. You've got your automatic kicker with an opportunity going to halftime with a tie game. Shanks a 33-year. I mean, you can go down the list, and it's it's just way too easy to look at a play and go, Oh, it's Kyle Rudolph, and they got screwed once again. No, they didn't get screwed. They screwed themselves once again because when they had opportunities in that game, they didn't take advantage of it. And, oh, yeah, by the way, give the guy credit who exposed you, like we said he would, the opportunities to beat New Orleans in the center of the field, uh, right down the center, guys, with that secondary. They beat you not once, not twice, a half a dozen times in that game they ended up beating you in exactly the same spot 
and they didn't adjust. So don't talk to me about Jadavion Clowney in the Seattle game, you know, you know, trying. How is that not a flag? Well, listen, it's it's not a flag. They didn't throw a flag. It sucks. But that's a part of the game. That is not the reason why they lost. You lost because you had absolutely nobody left on the field and you had to bring in a 40-year-old high school coach to try and save your season. So it's so easy. Let's not be that way. Let's give credit, especially in the wild card round. Can we give credit where credit is due? Seattle made plays. DJ Metcalf made enough plays to be able to win. You just weren't the better team. It has nothing to do with the refs, Dane. Nothing. No, I, I hear you, and I agree, Joe. You know, and this is the thing when you broaden what can be replayed, right? Yeah. What you do is continue to open the door wider and wider for, and maybe I'm going overboard, for millennials, right, to be like, oh, it wasn't my fault. Look, you know, and put the blame somewhere else. Like, oh, there should have been a foul here. Or, oh, this should have happened, as opposed to, like you're saying, what happened on the field. You know, yeah. the Minnesota Vikings were the better team yesterday, and they yep. deserve to win. You know what I mean? Whether it was because of, like you're saying, Cousins exposing them over, uh, over the middle, or like I'm saying, you know, the value of Dalvin Cook being able to run the ball, or like we're saying, their defense being able to kind of shut down a running game on the other side. All of these are things that happen on the field, and that's what should be given the praise or the blame, not the idea of if a ref missed a call or, you know, <laughs> one of those trying to put the blame somewhere else. And that's yep. unfortunately what has been coming to pass with the end of the Saints season for the last couple of years. Joe, I agree with you. It's about what happens on the field, right? And, you know, there were a lot of reasons here that Minnesota was the better team on the field. And I thought from a, a year ago that it was a very slippery slope adding to what could be replayed because it just, you know, gave people that ability to cry and moan for excuses. Yeah, and, uh, and and listen, a couple of things uh, died along with the uh, along with the Eagles and the uh, Saints' season yesterday. Number one, the uh, the narrative of somehow or another, uh, you know, um, uh, Mike Zimmer going to the Cowboys as a head coach. I, I, we can all stop with that now, guys. All right, that's not happening. Uh, we can also stop with uh, the simple fact that. Her cousins is uh, no longer a guy that uh, can be trusted in a big spot. That dies yesterday. So finally, some of the crap and the noise that uh, that the media loves to harp on. At least we can put those narratives to bed now and focus on a couple of really good football games coming up this weekend. Really good football games. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. you to find us on youtube at the sports grid network you can just hit that little bell in the upper right hand corner never miss an episode get all the fantasy and sports wagering advice you need all the time in one spot on youtube at the sports grid network plus tell us on twitter 
Uh, not Twitter. Well, you can do it on Twitter, but you can also do it on Instagram at SportsGridTV. Both will work there, Twitter and Instagram. And uh, do not forget here, we got a bowl game uh, tonight still. We got one more bowl game for the national championship. We got nine uh, NBA games on tap here. We got 16 college hoops games. Uh, we got four NHL games. And, oh, yeah, uh, now might be the perfect time for you to be able to go ahead and put your money where your mouth is. And if you want to get in it, uh, simply head over to FanDuel. It is Jersey's largest sports book, after all. If you go to FanDuel.com forward slash grid, you can receive a free bet of up to 500 bucks right now. That's a free bet, 500 bucks, simply by opening a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com forward slash grid. You'll have point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, in-game wagering, whether it be college or pro sports, you are definitely in control. Head over to FanDuel.com forward slash grid. Open that new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Now, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It is 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Make sure you check out the website for details. And uh, I will say another thing, too, about that uh, final play in the Minnesota game yesterday. Uh, I I got to look at the coaching staff and say, everybody and their mother knew on the third down play when you lined up that you had one-on-one coverage with a six-foot-five, six-foot-six tight end out on the outside, alone with your defensive back who's five-foot-eight and P.J. Williams. Everybody saw the mismatch, and you didn't call timeout. Like, you did not sit there and just go, wow, they're going to – because everybody knew the ball was going to be thrown for a jump ball in the corner. It made the most sense. We get it. So you don't actually go, wait a minute, guys, we're, you know, it's a, it's a mismatch here, guys. We got to let's hold on. Let's, let's throw a nickel in there. Let's do something other than that and allow them to get the free jump ball. I just, I don't, sometimes I don't understand. I think we get way ahead of ourselves here in, uh, in the blame game. But to me, I look at Sean Payton and go call timeout, dude. You got, what is the, if the game is on the line, so if you at least give yourself the best shot or at least huddle up the defense and say, guys, if it, here's what's going to happen if we got him on the outside. And come up with something other than leaving P.J. Williams, one of your worst defensive backs, one of your smallest defensive backs, on the tallest dude on the field right there on the offense. Like, I, I, none of it made any sense to me, Dane. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, I feel like it's easy to say some of those things with access to the results, right? Because let's say they did something like that. Who knows if Minnesota does a different kind of play? Maybe then they get, if you're devoting more resources to the outside, maybe they gash you with Dalvin Cook up the middle. You know, maybe they, they maybe then you, you do a quick out to digs or something, right? But the fact remains uh, that they didn't get it done. You know, they didn't get it done. There was a matchup. Cousins identified the matchup. He threw the jump ball. Rudolph made a good play. You could say he pushed off. You could say it was normal hand fighting. They made the play. You know, and I mean, you can, I feel like you can almost on any successful play in the NFL be like, why didn't they instead do this? You know, but this was, you're right, a crunch time kind of thing. And you saw the matchup and that's where they went. Um, But that's part of what quarterbacks do. You know, Joe, that's what they do is look for the mismatch, kill, 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 call the hot route, have hand signals. He found the matchup. They delivered the ball. Rudolph made the play. It's also why you have timeouts. And if you're a coach and see that big a mismatch on the outside, knowing there is no tomorrow, knowing there is, why give them a free shot at a play that you already know and you can see from the booth and every place else 
Why not call timeout and regroup and say and come up with something, anything and say, listen, here's what we're going to do. That's why you pay coaches. That's why you have timeouts and overtime, because the alternative is you're going home. So why not give yourself why the fact that you have two timeouts and you didn't use some congratulations? What the hell were you waiting for? That seemed to me to be the perfect time. There was nobody else on the outside except him. And you had one defensive back who was five foot eight. Like, what the hell did you think they were going to do? Like, it, it was, it was, even they said it on the tele. Like, he's going to go outside to Kyle Rudolph for a jump ball. Look at this. He's on the outside. If the announcers hear it and see it, like, what are you waiting for at that particular point? The whole, you want to keep your timeouts? All right, congratulations. You know, at least call a timeout, regroup, and try to come up with something in case that happens again. But call me crazy. I, you know, the the results are not the point. The, re, the results are an after effect. But you saw what was in front of you. Everybody did. And you didn't do anything to stop it. You just let the play run and hope a dude 5'8 was going to outjump Kyle Rudolph, a, you know, a former uh, All-American high school basketball player. Like, what the? It was – and kudos for Zimmer for calling a play and kudos so that's for what the I was gonna uh, say offense. also, right? How much of that is then credit – to the offensive scheme, because teams teams are trying to scheme to get that matchup also, right? Teams all the time, Joe, will have, like, say, trips on one side, right? Mm-hmm. And then the guy they really like, because it creates a one-on-one matchup at the top by themselves, or at the bottom of the screen by themselves, you know? So, absolutely right, you know? I just wonder, what side do we look at it from? You know, is it glass half empty? Are we blaming the losing team? Or is it credit? To the winning team, you know, like, hey, maybe that was a good design and scheme to get that matchup, you know, and and I don't know all the details of everything every coordinator was thinking, but you're right. Um, There was a bad matchup there, so that was a knock on the defense for allowing that matchup, but it's also a credit to the offense for creating that matchup, right? And and yeah. and you say a lot, Joe, that it wasn't just that one play. And there's matchups that are exploited on every play. This is incredibly magnified because you're right. If they score, it's a walk-off, game over, season over, see you in the, see you in the summertime for training camp. Absolutely. I just wonder, do we over-magnify it because of this? You're right. They could have done something. They didn't. Good scheme, touchdown, game over. Oh, no, execution is execution, but give your guys a chance to succeed. I mean, that's the whole point of what, especially since you've been there and done that uh, a million times already, it feels like in the playoffs, you get beat on the last play because why? Because the other team out schemed you or because you didn't bother to say, hey, you know what? Um, Let's guys, you know, here's time out. (laughs) Hold on. Let's hold on, guys. That's the whole point. We see it at, uh, you know, in the second quarter of games where they're like, oh, crap, we're not, we don't get the right personnel on. There was one dude at, there was one wide receiver, one guy out far, and it was Kyle Rudolph and nothing from them. So, and I will say too, there were, there were two injuries yesterday too, that, Mm. that loomed large in both of those games. Obviously Carson Wentz in the first quarter for Philadelphia was Pretty much it sealed the deal for them there and nothing against, you know, McNown, but you're a 40 year old high school coach. Uh, you were coaching high school football. Too. He was yeah, like, and yippee then, by the end also. It was, I give it was him bad. credit for, for toughing it out. But, you yeah. know, the game was over at that particular point. Uh, but also Marshawn Lattimore not being on the field and available in overtime because Lattimore, I can tell you right now, Lattimore is the guy that goes on the outside and covers Kyle Rudolph right. in that spot. So it we just talked about that George injury, Jenkins being there. 
was he wasn't on the field when they completed the right. pass uh, uh, by the way to uh, to get to the goal line. So right. those oh, two the, the injuries big one, were feeling, right. huge yesterday for those Absolutely. two losing teams. You know, Joe, and because you're talking a little bit about you're talking about both NFC games, right? And so you mentioned in some of the Seattle Philly game, and your point about the mismatch on the outside. I want to make a comparison with something we saw in the Seattle Philly game, and uh, Collinsworth was huge explaining this. It was when Russell Wilson was kind of Russell Wilson was scrambling, making plays like on third and eighteen. He ran for nineteen uh, late in the game, right? Then in the next series of downs. The Eagles brought Malcolm Jenkins down as a safety to be a mm-hmm. spy on Russell Wilson, right? That's the defense adjusting to what they saw, what you're talking about, right? But then Russell Wilson just exploited it in a different way, extending the play and have it hitting the receiver right in the middle, right over where Jenkins would have been as the spy. So I bring that up to say, like, yeah. Obviously, there's coaching and scheme, but sometimes the players are just also exploiting the matchup. And Russell Wilson, in that scenario, created kind of a pick-your-poison, right? Now, with the Rudolph play, it looks like a matchup, a mismatch on the outside. You mentioned it. P.J. Williams is like 5'9". Okay? My qu- what I don't know is if they adjusted to something else— does Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, the Minnesota Vikings have the answer? Like we saw Russell Wilson adjust when Seattle tried to account for that. It's a back-and-forth chess game. The only problem is what we're talking about right now, that play just happened to be checkmate. Well, but again, it's about giving your guys a chance to succeed. And when you're talking about one play and your season's over versus the chess match during a game where, yeah, yeah both teams are going to make adjustments and try to exploit but when you listen, if if you want to change the play and hand it off to Dalvin Cook and he runs up the gut, at least you got your goal line defense in there. At least you have a chance. The best may the best man win. Sure. You were never going to win that jump ball. I don't care. Push off. No, point. you were ne- 99 out of 100 times. You're not winning that. And all I'm saying is. Give yourself at least a shot for the guy to be able to succeed. If they beat you because the offensive line pushes your defensive line over, hey, it is what it is, but at least you had guys in a position to succeed. If they don't do it, they don't do it. But as a coach in overtime with no tomorrow, at least call the damn timeout when you see that big a disadvantage. It wasn't scheme. They just put one dude out there, and you put a dude that was, you know, nine inches shorter and and said, okay, (laughs) What what the hell did you think was going to happen? Like honestly, that's a, just I, it's shocking it, like, to me. It is, and 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 Joe, I am not disagreeing with you. All I wonder is, right? It's it's easier to say that with access to the results, you know. And there's a lot of other things that, who knows, other things that the defenses were worried about, were looking at, and were trying no, to take listen, away. Cousins has got to make the throw. He's got to yeah. make the catch. But that's not the point. The point is, they had the advantage. You saw it, and you didn't. Do, you had the ability to say, "Time out, guys. Hold on." You know what I mean? And you didn't, didn't do, do it. it. They didn't do it. Yeah. You know. Congratulations, but give your guys a shot. You know. That's all I'm saying. That, he did a lot of that in the fourth quarter yesterday. 
Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. thing I was wondering yesterday was was Nate Sudfeld available did he ever I, I know no. he was knocked out early and they obviously they didn't have a choice early in the season to go and get a 40 year old you know high school football coach I'm just curious was he did he ever get better or did they just leave him off the roster um I don't think he was on the roster Joe there were a few times late in the game Joe where it was obvious that McCown was, you know, had a little hitch in his giddy up, shall we say? Yeah. And they right. alluded to the fact that if McCown got hurt, they would have to go to Greg Ward, the wide receiver. He used yeah, to be that's... the quarterback for Houston, okay, and was a spread guy, you know. Um, and they said that a few times that if McCown went down, it would be Ward that was the emergency quarterback. So that makes me think Sudfeld was not, you know, uh, on the. Oh, I know. I don't think he available. was on the roster, but I'm wondering if like, they did. He get... did... Did he get yeah, I mean, was he available to come back at some point this year and they just stuck with like McCown? Like IR to return kind of thing? Right. You know what I mean? Because the injury, if I'm remembering, it happened in preseason. It wasn't right, anything it was that they were saying. Yeah. Like, they never put him on IR right away because there was always the thought. So I'm like, was he just not or did they make the choice that because we're so banged up, we need a player? and So, so they kept him off the roster kind of thing. But. You know, you went with a, you left your whole, uh, your whole season was, you know, it was pretty much a microcosm of what happened with yeah. cards. I mean, once they lost Carson Wentz in the first quarter, it was over, guys. They weren't winning with, Brandon, uh, with Brandon Josh McCown. Miles Sanders was on the floor yeah. at the end of the first half. Josh McCown got banged. Yeah. I mean, it was, I, I, I think the point of time where I actually felt bad for them, Joe. Yeah. At one point, because, at, like, they kept it as a game. You know, yeah, they, they legitimately had a shot. I was almost like yeah. maybe they should kick the field goal to go to 17-12 and have a have a damn shot to win. It was it was impressive that they still had a chance. I was finding myself growing in like fandom from Philly because I wanted them to yeah. pull it off because yeah. they were so banged up. Tough. I mean, tough defense it's- held them the 19 rushing yard. I mean, they they did everything they could. They just you can't keep tying without your stud quarterback, without Carson Wentz, the guy that carried the team for the last month and a half of the season. You weren't winning it. You know, Josh, I give him all the credit of the world. You know, yeah, he made it. Was, it was, the one running the ball. Off, it, it looked like his hamstrings were tightened up. I mean, like yeah. the poor dude looked like by the end there was just, you know, holes weren't there longer than he thought were going to be. It yeah, was. I give him credit, man. The guy was a, he exactly what Philadelphia stood for. He was out there. He'd have laid it on. He laid it on the line for him. And I know they love him for it, but that's why I was curious. Like, did they opt to stick with the 40 year old on the roster as opposed to Sudfeld, who was going to yeah, be the clear number two in preseason? I, it, uh, it, I don't know that they ever activated him. Yeah, that's why I'm saying maybe that injury was way worse, but I don't ever remember hearing anything about him. Like, what in the hell? Where was Nate? But you're right. If you got to go to Greg Ward as your emergency, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. He was not available yesterday. We'll say that. Because here's yeah. the thing, honestly. Oh, yeah. If Nate Sudfeld's available, you don't – he's ahead of Josh McCown. You don't leave off the, the roster, right? I mean, you don't. That's Josh McCown on the depth chart if he's available. <laughs> you know, so it was obviously something. He was maybe put on IR after that wrist injury. Yeah. Well, now, listen. I mean, here we go. Now we've got – everything is and, set up. And somehow Nick Foles' value increases even more in Philadelphia after this loss. <laughs> Yeah, but listen, Nick Foles wasn't thrown to uh, you know Greg Ward and uh, and others there. He was he wasn't yeah, thrown yeah. to practice players, so he did have uh, he did have an opportunity there for uh, for the ability to be able to at least have some star players around him. And really, you know, Seattle did what they had to do. Go on the road, they win. Congratulations. Let us not forget this is still one very banged up Seattle Seahawks team. Now. Will they get anybody back this week? Uh, hopefully on the offensive line, because that's really going to be the uh, the biggest problem. Uh, DJ Metcalf announces himself to the league. Uh, welcome in. I know there are a bunch of Philadelphia fans that were really pissed off because they just watched the guy they could have drafted, only they went with uh, J.J. Uh, Whiteside, I believe. Whiteside. Uh, yeah. You know, I think I like that. Yeah, and they they passed over uh, DJ Metcalf, who just seems to be. He reminds me a lot of that. Um, remember that guy along the uh, what was it from uh, Ohio State? Was it a uh, David Boston? You remember the oh, size? Yeah. The, remember yeah. the physical sp- where oh, he was just bigger Boston than everybody else. He's yeah, where the hat yeah, yeah. off. <laughs> it was a building, but you know, it never really translated into the NFL form. He also got hurt a lot, but. Yeah. He was just a man among boys out there is what he looked like. It was like, Jesus, dude. Uh, yeah. And he makes plays. If they can continue that, um, you may not need a running game because what in the hell are you going to do, Green Bay, to cover that? Who do you have that's going to cover that dude one-on-one? Well, Jair Alexander may be the answer to that and almost, almost over the top. But, the, you know, with DK Metcalf, the thing is, Joe, coming into uh, after college, he was mm-hmm. supposed to be one of those quote unquote raw prospects, right? Right, right, uh, right. The, the, the musculature, the size, the speed, impressing at the combine. But it was yep. thought that he was so raw that route running wasn't there. But he has grown, and he even said it after the game. The fact that he he fell to the second round gave him this chip on his shoulder, made him want to get better, and the development mm-hmm. is there. Joe, can you? You know who the other wide receiver was at Ole Miss last year, opposite DK Metcalf, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Where's he? AJ Brown on the Titans. These guys were both wide receivers on Ole Miss. It's almost like Odell and Jarvis Landry at LSU. You know what I mean? And they only won eight games on one side, (laughs) and you have AJ Brown on the other. And these guys are both announcing themselves as high-end wide receivers that people need to consider, say, in fantasy drafts higher next year. But yeah, DK Metcalf balled out. And what about Joe uh, P. Carroll having trust? To put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands on third down when logic says you run the ball to run out the clock or burn the last time out. He's like, no, no, no. I trust Russell. He'll know to not do something stupid. He'll either, you know, go down and the clock will run. He won't throw it. He won't throw an interception. And he throws the perfect ball, sees the zero coverage, sees the blitz, throws it up for his, you know, six foot four um, incredible Hulk. And they make the play. 
Yes, DK Metcalf's evolution is big. You know, I said I liked him yesterday morning. But the fact that they trust Russell Wilson so much and he always makes the quote-unquote right play is what keeps Seattle alive. I um, Yes, you're absolutely correct. It's that kind of combination of – it's really the one thing that Russell Wilson – has really missed, right? It's the one thing that he's never had and, and not taking anything away from, you know, the, the wide receivers that he's had in the past, but that kind of target and that right. kind of guy out there that can win that one-on-one and just out physical you, um, that's a dangerous combination <laughs> with Russell Wilson because, you know, Russell Wilson, he's at best when he's running around and everything breaks down. That's a dude like, forget it. Like that guy gets a step on you. Not only is he faster than you, but the minute he throws it up, he's going to out jump you. I mean, that like, last play call, <laughs> you know, give Schottenheimer right. credit. I hate Sh- Brian Schott. I, I can't stand him. But that play call to end the game with throwing the ball up there was that's what I'm that's you're playing to win. You're not playing to lose. And, you know, third down, throw it up because let's be realistic. The best player in that game at that, you you gave it to your best player to make a play who had made so many plays prior in that game. At least you recognize it. You didn't try to go Marshawn Lynch, right? You didn't, you, you got the ball in the hands of the dude who was the best player for your team yesterday by far. And, uh, and he made a play, which he had been doing, but kudos to them for having the Nads to actually call that play. And I'll even go further, Joe. Yes, they made that play. I say the hand, the best player that put the ball in the hands of was Russell Wilson. Okay, wow, because yeah, I also right. believe right. that if it wasn't there, Russell Wilson would have done the smart thing. And even, to be honest, taking the sack would have been the smart thing. Because right. then the clock would have kept on running. And so, yes, DK Metcalf made the play and showed why he was amazing at the combine. You know, Joe, you remember when DK Metcalf had his meeting with Seattle and he walked in there without his shirt and Pete Carroll then took his shirt off? Remember that? Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. But to me, it's the faith, the trust, the processing, the mind of Russell Wilson that was really a linchpin for that one as well. And you're right, Joe. You know, they've had Lockett but he's been a smaller kind of guy. The The Seahawks have been trying to address that need for a long time. Remember, they brought in Jimmy Graham to be that kind of red zone big body at one point. They they flirted with Terrell Owens to be a big bodied wide receiver at one point. They brought in Josh Gordon to be that kind of threat even. The Seattle Seahawks have been looking for that kind of element to their offense for a long time, and that's why they drafted DK Metcalf. Yeah, and uh, it's it's also interesting that the tight end that the Patriots didn't need uh, found a uh, found an opportunity to play for the uh, for the Seahawks too, and uh, and make uh, amazing to me that uh, nobody that uh, Belichick and company you know felt the need to actually trade the only tight end that they had because Lord knows they couldn't have used him on Saturday night, um, but they've quietly put together some young guys surrounding Russell Wilson who are really starting to come into their own. If that offensive line can get healthy this week and they get Brown back and um, they can go ahead and do some things, it looks like Clowney, you know, after the game, he, you know, no major damage done there, which is great, you know. So slowly they're giving themselves an opportunity. And again, them on the road this year has just been ridiculous. They're better on the road. Who the hell? But the idea that we could actually have a five, six 
in Seattle for a chance. You know, that's a possibility. That's a real possibility. You could have Minnesota traveling to Seattle to take them on in the NFC championship game, which would just be absolutely wild. That is interesting. And, you know, it speaks, though, Joe, to the fact that we thought this going in. Remember what we were saying in December, how how stacked the NFC Mm -hmm. was? Right. Right. How many teams there were that were like 12 wins or more, you know, and what do you know? Right. We talked about this going in. The Seattle Seahawks could have very easily been the one seed. Right. And Mm -hmm. they're still alive. The Minnesota Vikings were, uh, you know, a double digit winning team. And we were talking about how the quality of the wildcard teams in the NFC. So while it's surprising to look at those numbers, oh, my goodness, five and six got through. When we talk about who those teams were, we knew all season long that those were good teams. Um, Absolutely. I don't know if I like their matchups next week, though. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, listen, everything, uh, everything we'll talk is, about uh, that throughout the week. yeah, I mean, matchups is, 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 is key, but you know, they're starting to emerge with some guys like Hollister, like, um, you know, like Metcalf guys that, you know, they played, they might've been there. It gives the opposing team now a little something else to worry about because listen to this point, Metcalf had just been, he had lived to that ton of potential we don't know when he's going to get there and boom now all of a sudden he's on he's on the scene like so now you've got a problem green bay cuz now he's not just potential he's a game changer here so and he's got a he's game changer coming in with confidence which yeah now all of a sudden that's a little bit different ball game so unintended consequences of some of these games is Maybe you thought one thing prior to yesterday, but coming out, you're like, all right, so Marshawn Lynch inside the five yard line. He's still getting yards, Dane, like it's like it's uh, like it's five years ago. So, you know, even catching balls out of the backfield. So quietly now they've uh, they've started to get it rolling. And when you have that dude under center, Seattle gives you a shot. Every time they hit the field now. So I I couldn't have said enough things about I thought the defense played much better than I thought they were going to play. I thought they they balled out as well. They were facing Josh McCown. Let's not forget about that. Yeah, but even still, (laughs) I mean, you got to, you know, you got to make some plays there. Clowney made some plays. Like Khalil Mack last year, the guy traded for late, huge impact. Make some plays, dude. Yep, got to make them. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. One hell of a uh, one hell of a week here leading up to these divisional matchups now on uh, on Saturday and Sunday and of uh, of course the it's all set here guys so get ready you're gonna have uh, and I'm sure John Harbaugh would have told you that uh, 
he would much rather have had Green uh, New England win that game, <laughs> and oh, yeah. uh, he would much rather be facing New England than yeah. uh, than this uh, this than bulldozer that yeah than <laughs> Derrick Henry right now and a team that is uh, believing on the who just yeah. flat out balled out. Now also keep in mind Baltimore not great at home, guys. It's not like they have. It's not like what Foxborough was for New England. They're four and four on the year. It'll be. 19 days, I believe, by the time that game goes off in which Baltimore Ravens starters will have played because most all of them sat uh, in that final game. So it's going to be a while since they've uh, they've also played. And, you know, you've got a, a team like Tennessee that comes in there, which may be the best answer for Lamar Jackson is right. Derek I'm Henry, guys. Maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe yeah, it's Derek Henry. So... It's um it's an interesting matchup, but I can say this, and we talked about it on uh, on uh, Pro Football Today yesterday. The line opened up at ten, and I said, "Listen, if you're going to take Tennessee, now's the time to do it because there's going to be some buyback on a double digit in, in this spot. Right. It's just it's going to happen." So sure enough, it's come back now. I'm seeing nines, nines and a halves. It'll probably fluctuate between there, but I don't think. The books aren't going to leave out double digits at this point because of Derrick Henry and because of what he's capable of. And not to mention, you you just don't know what you're going to get from a team who's 19 days since they last played a game. So there is uh, there are some question marks there. And then as far as, well, listen, Kansas City goes, it, it opened up at seven and a half and it's already nine and a half. So uh, Andy Reid coming off a bye, Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. But are we not giving them enough credit? Well, we can talk about it. I've got a week. So. But <laughs> betting public yeah, you know I got some so. takes. You know I got yeah. some takes. The total, too, is an interesting number to keep an eye on. 49 right now. We'll do that coming up as well. 